Alright, we are live with episode 26 of A Secret to Everybody. Welcome back, I'm Ben, thanks for tuning in this week, and I want to first off apologize for the lack of an episode last week. Uh, there was no specific reason, I just had a bunch of projects to take care of, some computer programming projects. I had no time to write notes for the show, which would have meant that I would have had a really crappy episode, because if I don't write notes, I am... I talk like this and try to stretch out what I'm saying, as you have probably been able to tell in some of my episodes when I was rushed. So, the good news is, I did write notes for this episode, 4,000 words worth, so this will be a nice, classic episode where I know what I'm talking about. So instead of, uh, to, you know, a lame one last week, let's have a great show this week. And I do want to say right off the bat, I actually do not have a normal topic this week. Uh, I started writing news down, and I have about six pages of news. So we're just going to have a big week of news, and of course I'll offer my thoughts on it, and we'll talk about some other funny things I've seen, stuff like that. So it won't be just, you know, what games are coming out. So I've never actually done an all-new show before, so I think this will be fun for something different. So let's just jump right into that. Uh, I wanted to mention... I might sound a little bit different to you this week, and that is because I've been playing with the equalizer settings in Audacity a little bit. I won't really get into specifics, but Adam from the network, and of course you should go listen to their show if you haven't been listening to that. They have been doing a cross-show instead of doing uh, two half-hour shows, one on STA video games and one on... I'm sorry, one on Start Select video games and one on STA just goofing off. They're doing one big show for about an hour where they combine both. They talk about the game stuff and then they just do whatever they want to do. So they've been releasing that on Tuesdays. They've done that two or three weeks in a row. So definitely make sure to listen to that. They're the reason I'm on this network and I'm always thankful to them because they're great guys. So anyway, Adam told me that my bass and mids were a bit too high. Um, I guess my voice was sounding kind of you know, like the bass was too cranked up, so it sounded kind of weird. And so he told me to play with him a little bit. I wanted to adjust them per what he recommended, so I pulled the bass out a little bit. Uh, I took two samples, and I think it sounds way better, and he agreed. So I hope that's an improvement for you. Um, if you think differently, please let me know, because I don't want it to be a problem if you're trying to listen and it's not good. Uh, Adam also, uh, interestingly, he told me why he wanted me to do this, because they're planning on doing another interview and show featuring Jamie from Lobo Destroyo, which let me I just reiterate, I'm super excited for that game. Uh, the Kickstarter is going to launch on October 31st, so as that's getting closer, I'm going to get even more excited, so you've been warned. And if you don't know what Lobo Destroyo is, I, I think I mentioned it briefly when I did the show with Corey, but it was in passing, so let me just take a minute here. Lobo Destroyo is a game from Left, Left-Handed Games, I believe is their name, I could be wrong on that. They are... Their big inspiration for this game is the rare Banjo-Kazooie style collect-a-thon games from the N64, which of course, if you know me, you know that I love that. Um, I get really nostalgic about that. So I'm really excited for this game. So it's really cool that Jamie is that knows no, knows Adam and the other guys from the show because he, we're, we're going to have some cameos and stuff in the in the game. Um, you can listen to that. I forget what episode it was, but they're all named. It was called Lobo Destroyer. It was back in about their early August, where they had Jamie on, where he talks about the game for about an hour. It was a really good episode. Anyway, they are going to have Jamie on their show soon again, and they're going to talk about their cameos. Um, Jamie needs some voice acting, so my voice will actually probably hopefully be in the game, which will be really cool. And of course, he knows I'm excited because you know this game is going to be a really big deal for me. So he wants me to be on that episode, and we want to make sure that my voice quality sounds as good as possible. Um, of course, my beautiful voice couldn't sound any better. I'm just kidding. But I don't want, you know, Audacity or Skype or whatever we're going to use to screw it up. So, hopefully, that it sounds a little bit better for that. That was the main reason I did this. But hopefully, if it sounds better, I'll continue using this setting as my, for my show if it sounds more, a little bit more clear. And, of course, I'll let you know when we do that show because I don't know when it's going to happen yet. I'm sure Jamie's very busy getting ready for the Kickstarter launch on October 31st again. 
Uh, as we move on here, I want to mention first there is quickly a sale uh, for you to check out. Not one of my usual ones, although there is the Humble Bundle and stuff going on. You should always be checking that because if I mentioned every time there was a Humble Bundle sale, I'd be doing it every week, and that's kind of redundant. So, you know, disclaimer, just check that out all the time. This sale is actually a bit different. It's called the Not on Steam sale. Now, of course, I love Steam. I'm not bashing them at all. I'm actually going to be talking about them quite a bit in a minute here. But there are great games that aren't on Steam yet. Now, we know if you know about the Greenlight process, I talked about that many weeks ago, where you can submit a game and then the community votes on it, saying whether they want it or not to be on Steam. This is a great process, and I really like it. It's been about, it's been around for about a year. Um, I think I actually mentioned a sale about a month ago, where they were celebrating the, the first year anniversary of Greenlight. However, a lot of games kind of get stuck in limbo on Greenlight. Like, some games, they go in the very first, like, they go in, and then the very next Greenlight session Valve does, boom, they're in. And some games stay in for almost a year, or even a year sometimes. So, that's one reason why you don't have to get all your games from Steam. And so for these sales, usually you can buy the games from the developer DRM Free, as I've discussed before about DRM. I'll link to that sale for you, the Not on Steam sale. You can check that out. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on it right now, because there's not any really games in particular that I can recommend 100%. Um, take a look around. Some of them are heavily discounted. There's a couple games on there for just a few dollars. Um, and again, discounted indie games are always awesome. It's great to support the developers. And when you buy it DRM Free... Uh, you usually, that sends more money to them, and if you buy it on Steam, because Steam takes a cut. And there's a lot of options. Most of them have the Humble Bundle widget for their sale, which lets you pay with Amazon, PayPal, or Google Wallets. Any of those three work, which is really cool. So I'll link to the not-on-Steam sale. Check that out. There's, there'll be a few more days left of the sale when you guys listen to this. I think about two or three more days. So you can check that out. Uh, a few more updates. Uh, the two Kickstarters I've been talking about for the past month are over. I'll give you the final totals so we can lay them to rest and I can stop talking about them. I just feel like once I bring something up, I have to bring updates to you because it's my duty or something. So briefly, let's go over this. First, Mighty Number no. 9, the Mega Man successor. Uh, $3,845,170 out of their $900,000 goal. But that's not all. Combined with the one about $186,380 as of Monday from PayPal, that equals a grand total of right around $4,031,550. So that's pretty insane. Uh, you can check it out for yourself, but among other things, uh, PS4 and Xbox One versions, as well as versions for the PlayStation Vita and the Nintendo 3DS are coming as well. Uh, if you're interested in seeing all the stretch goals, I believe they're adding an online battle mode and some other single-player stuff. You can check out their page for more. I won't link to it this week because I don't want to... Sp- Keep spamming that link. Um, it's in the last several weeks' worth of notes, so you can click on that there. And briefly, Jordan Taylor's album from Blimey Cow. Uh, his was a little bit less of a big scope, but still, uh, he raised one. Uh, excuse me, eleven thousand five hundred and ninety-eight dollars of his five thousand dollar goal. So that's awesome. Again, you can check the page for more info on that. It's in the last several weeks' worth of notes, and that album will be coming out hopefully in spring of next year. Speaking of my friends at Blimey Cow, I want to bring up their newest video that just came out this past Monday. is called, Five Things Wrong with Modern Video Games. Now, I had a great laugh with it. I love their style. I don't think I can completely agree with every reason they gave, although they talk they, they talk a lot about shooters in it, and not every obviously not every modern video game falls into their categories. They talk a lot about shooters, but it's a great video, so you should watch that. Of course, I'll link to it so you can see it. I'll be sure to tell them what you think. That'd be really helpful to them. Leave a like, leave a comment, subscribe if you like them. Uh, it helps them a lot, and they're really awesome people. I appreciate Josh, again, taking time a few months ago to be on the show, and just their continued, you know, just chatting with me, stuff like that. So help them out. Uh, It's a good video, especially if you listen to this show, you will appreciate it. 
So we're going to move into some announcements now. Again, this is going to be an all-news week, but I have a lot of news, so I want to take it slow, and I don't want to rush through it like I sometimes do with the news, but at the same time, I don't want this to be a two-hour-long episode, which it won't be, but I do have about six pages here, so just move through. Lots of news going to be coming your way. Mainly, the first thing we'll talk about is from our friends at Valve. Last week, which I would have covered last week, but again, as we said, we didn't have a show. They had a week-long event last week where they announced three new members, additions, whatever you want to call it, to their Steam family, all of which are connected by the living room couch gaming idea. So let's take a quick look at each announcement in the order they went out. So on Monday of last week, Steam Valve announced Steam OS operating system, which is a combination of what Steam is now and Linux, the open-source operating system. Um, it's If you don't know what that is, it's kind of the third big operating system behind Windows and Mac OS X. Linux is open source, and if you have an Android phone, that's based on Linux. Um, I could talk more about that, but I won't now. Anyway, SteamOS will be completely free and is designed for living rooms, and according to Valve, there are, quote, hundreds of games coming to it when it's released sometime next year. Uh, Apparently, from what we're... Again, this is very brief, because it was a brief press conference. There's a website on it, so we don't have all the details, obviously. Uh, Apparently, SteamOS will be able to access every game on Steam using something they've called, quote, in-home streaming, which they haven't elaborated on yet. AAA titles like Call of Duty, Bioshock, all that type of thing, those will be included in the games coming, so it won't be just for indie games. Uh, This is a quote from Valve I'm going to read. They say, quote, In SteamOS, we have achieved significant performance increases in graphics processing, and we're now targeting audio performance and reductions in input latency at the operating system level. Uh, if you don't speak geek, basically that just means they've made they've gotten really good graphics and right now they're working on making the audio sound good and not lag based on what's going on. Uh, Valve also says, game developers are already taking advantage of these gains that we just said at, as they target SteamOS for their new releases. Uh, in addition to this, Valve also has announced four new features that will be available both for their new SteamOS and standard Steam platforming as we know it. Uh, and those four are streaming, which we assume is some sort of Netflix-type streaming game. Uh, family sharing, I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago, where you can share your games with other people. Uh, parental restrictions, we're assuming is some sort of being able to block games by rating, maybe, or, you know, maybe if you have, maybe it's more of a family thing, not so much parental, but maybe, you know, if dad and his dad and son both use the same uh, Steam account or Steam systems, you can, you can, you know, dad doesn't want to see the little, the quote, little kid games or something like that, or dad doesn't want the kid to see some, you know, more mature games he plays, excuse me, things like that, is what I imagine that would be, and also Steam is also going to include options for movies, music, and other media, I'm not sure if I'll be able to take advantage of SteamOS, but it is cool to see to see Steam continuing to build with Linux. Um, I, I definitely think they've been kind of pushing towards that because the number of games that are available on Steam for Linux has been rising, and it is pretty cool to see this venture match the other companies. Um, this is something that they're doing to you know establish themselves as a presence in the living room. And so, this will be free to download. Again, we don't have specific dates or anything, but it's designed to run on a computer that I assume you hook up in your living room. So, that'll be free. But it ties in with the other two things, so let's take a look at number two, Valve's announcement on Wednesday. It is the Steam Machine, or Steam Machines. They've changed that from the name Steam Box, everybody thought thought was coming, and that's Valve's next announcement. Uh, Steam Machines are going to be personal computers designed to play games on your TV, and supposedly will compete with the PS4 and Xbox One for dominance in your living room next year. Uh, We have no word on the specs yet, how much RAM or anything like that, but we have heard Valve say you'll be able to run multiple operating systems on the Steam Machines, and they will be hackable. Not only that, but they'll ship from a variety of manufacturers, so it sounds like there's a lot of variety coming our way. Again, there aren't many details. The only thing we know is there will be multiple models of the machines, so I assume there will be a lower-end model if you're just looking to break in with some lower-end games, or a high-end model if you're an intense PC gamer. Um, That's pretty much all I can say right now about it. 
But, the good news is, you, just you, can enter to be a beta tester for these new Steam machines. Uh, the beta period will begin later this year. I can't believe we're already in October, by the way. But Valve is going to select around 300 people to ship prototype versions of the machines to. And for this beta period, Valve says, again, quote, hundreds of games will be available during this beta time. So if you want to be eligible, here's what you have to do. And this info isn't coming from me. You can visit it on Steam's website. It's publicly available there. But I'm going to tell you what to do. Uh, before October 25th, so you have a couple of weeks, you need to log into Steam and then visit your quest page to track your current status towards beta test eligibility. You can find that link right on Steam's homepage. So when you go to that site, you're going to see a checklist of what you need to do. First, you need to join the Steam Universe Community Group. And again, I'm not going to link to all this stuff because there's links to there's links on the quest sheet that link you all to all this stuff. All that is is a group that you have to join um, with other people, and that they'll know you're interested. That doesn't really that's, that takes two seconds. Uh, secondly, you have to agree to the Steam hardware beta terms and conditions. Just saying, blah blah blah. You agree to all that stuff. Third, you have to make ten Steam friends if you haven't already. Um, if you haven't made Steam friends, you can definitely be my friend. I'm just Segnersaurus, S-T-E-G-N-E-R-S-A-U-R-U-S, and I have my same icon with my guy, my person in a little pixelized form that I have on the site, so you can definitely be my friend if you need a friend. Uh, fourth, you need to create a public Steam community profile if you haven't already. That just entails, um, I'm not really sure what you ex- what you have to do. You can you can add your name, add a bio, recommend some games. It shouldn't be too hard if you just throw a name in and then um, an alias maybe. And then fifth, you need to play a game using a gamepad in big picture mode. So all that is, when you're in Steam, there's a big button that says big picture, and that's that was Steam's thing they introduced last year or to try to push in the living room more all you have to do for that is click big picture mode steam's interface will change a little bit it's designed for a controller um open up a game start playing with the gamepad and you should be good and the, this list is di- is um dynamic so when you do something you'll see it cross off so you know what you have to do left so again that's open until october 25th and rest assured that steam itself is not changing course um everything we know about steam is moving forward they, they're, they're not going to not keep publishing games for the PC or anything like that. Steam is just branching out. They're they're keeping everything else. So I'll let you know again when we get more info on this. And the third piece of the puzzle they announced on Friday, we have an OS and we have hardware. So what's missing? If you answered a controller, you're correct. Much to the chagrin of diehard PC gamers that say a keyboard mouse is the only way to play, Valve is going to have their very own controller for PC gaming. You'll have to see a picture of this to really get a feel for it. It's really hard to describe, so of course I'll link to that in the notes for you. Uh, but let me try to talk about it for a minute here. The Steam Steam gamepad will be hackable. It has dual track pads, sort of like the trackpad you see on a laptop. Um, so it's not a joystick, it's a pad where you can like swipe your thumb like like a laptop haptic feedback which means it vibrates and a touch screen on it uh, the big feature it seems is the track pads on the gamepad not only are they going to be clickable uh, their resolution is close to a mouse you would use with a computer so they're going to be really um one-to-one motion i don't know if it's a one-to-one but they're, they're going to be very responsive to your touch uh, it kind of sounds like Nintendo's Wii U controller a little bit, but Valve has said that to avoid the awkward looking back and forth between the controller and the TV, uh, some of the stuff the Wii U has done with that, you know, like, for example, Batman Arkham City, if you want to pick a gadget, you have to look down at your Wii U controller with the big screen in it, tap your batarang, then look back up where you're getting punched or something like that. Valve has said that they want to avoid that with their controller, and to avoid it, whenever a player touches the screen on their controller, whatever is on the touch screen will pop up as an overlay on the TV. So this keeps your focus on the TV instead of moving all over the place so whenever you whenever you're interested on what's on your screen you pop it and it comes up as an overlay so that's a pretty good idea if you ask me 
Uh, continuing with the controller here, it will have a legacy mode, which means it will be allowed to be configured as a keyboard and mouse if it needs to. So if there's some game that for some reason is really stubborn and will not let you play it with the controller, you can just tell it, okay, when I press this button, make that, like pressing C on the computer, when I slide up, make that like sliding the mouse up, things like that. Not surprisingly, the community will also be able to make their own configurations for the controller and share them. So if there's a game who, that's default controls kind of suck, someone else can say, I have a better way to play this, publish it, or maybe if, you know, like, like Call of Duty has five or six different uh, ways to control, like, leg or whatever they call it, lefty and southpaw and all that, if... That, I would imagine that was the kind, is the kind of thing people are going to be able to develop. Valve actually even sort of, I wouldn't say mocked, but they took a shot at traditional controllers and they said, quote, traditional gamepads force us to accept compromises. We've made it a goal to improve upon the resolution and fidelity of input that's possible with those devices. The Steam controller offers a new and, we believe, vastly superior control scheme. So, of course, the 360 controller will still work with Steam, as will any gamepad with the right tools. Like, from in my case, I used the PS3 controller with a certain program. If you have questions about that, please ask me. I'd be glad to show you how to do that. So, again, Valve is not abandoning keyboard and mouse controls or Steam as we know it. And if you enter the beta that I talked about a minute ago, you will get a controller, too. You'll get the whole deal. You also don't need a Steam machine to use the controller, so this will work with your normal computer with Steam. So, that's all for Steam right now. What do you think about all this? Are you happy to see Steam moving into the living room? What do you think of the controller? Uh, any sort of comments? You can weigh down in the comments under this episode, or as always, contact me at the number 203-903-ASTE or 2783. Alright, let's move on to some more announcements, but another side of the gaming uh, industry. If you don't know about Nintendo Direct... That is Nintendo's way of announcing new games or other important information. Uh, we talked about, I think I talked about this on my E3 episode. Nintendo this year didn't do a full-blown press conference at E3, but they've opted to do these Nintendo Directs. They do it right around once a month. I, saw, I saw some more said bi-monthly, but it comes out to about once a month. This month took place on October 1st, which was Monday. I won't spend too much time on it because the details are pretty scarce, but here's what they covered. Uh, Super Mario 3D World, which is going to be the next big Mario game, and a sort of sequel to our Super Mario 3D Land, which is on the 3DS. That will be launching on the Wii U on November 22nd, which is the same day as the Xbox One. Uh, the game Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which I'm assuming is a Wii U game, that's been delayed and that won't be out until February of next year. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Wii U and 3DS, the next iterations in the Smash Brothers series, which we haven't gotten a new game in a long time. Those are going to include Sonic the Hedgehog. And perhaps one of the biggest things in my mind is that in the upcoming sequel... Uh, excuse me, in the upcoming sequel to The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, the game, The Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds, as it's called, it has been noted that the Zelda convention was going to be changing a little bit. So typically in a Zelda game, the rules go something like this, and I'm sure you know them if you've played a Zelda game. You get a new item at a new dungeon, then you solve puzzles using it. That's actually going to change a bit this time, and A Link Between Worlds, you're going to be able to rent any item at any time from a non-playable character's shop. This is going to coincide with the ability to tackle dungeons in any order as well. An interesting change, I think. I, we haven't really seen much of this. But, as I was reading, interestingly, this is kind of a side fact, many of the dungeons in Ocarina of Time were actually available in any order, too. I was reading this week, and I found this from the Zelda Wiki. This is a quote. Despite the appearance of a lone eyeball switch, that are the, the ones you need to shoot arrows at when you're an adult, that, unbor that unbars a door when shot, there is nothing in Ocarina of Time's Fire Temple that arrows are required to access. All this door leads to is an area that can otherwise be reached by a more roundabout route. Because of this, there is no inherent reason other than difficulty and Navi's advice to, 
to complete the forest temple before you do the fire temple. In the same way, there are no mandatory objects requiring the use of the megaton hammer, which is the item you get in the fire temple, and in any of the other temples. Some rusted switches and the like do exist that you need them for, but they're not required. This means that with the exception of the shadow temple, every temple can be completed before even entering the fire temple. So that's pretty cool. However, of course, you have to complete the fire temple to complete the main story. But I think that's pretty neat how it's... You don't think it's open-ended, but it really is. There's no reason that you have to go to the forest temple first. Now, of course, you have to get the hook shot first, but I don't want to get too technical if you haven't played the game for some reason. And finally, our last bit of Nintendo news, a new Kirby game is going to be released, and that is on the 3DS. No other word on that now, but that's pretty much it. So a lot of news, like I said, a lot of news this week. We're about halfway there. Let's just keep going. Uh, This doesn't deal explicitly with games, but I did want to bring this up for listeners Deal Hacker is what I want to talk about here for a minute. It's a newly rebooted feature of one of my favorite sites, Lifehacker. Every weekday, Deal Hacker gathers all of the best deals from around the internet. I'm talking anything from hammers to software to hard drives to SD cards, anything like that's covered. Uh, not every single day, so like you won't see you won't, every day you won't see a game deal, but the deals are about a lot of different things. And since a lot of the deals. Uh, it, expire the day they're posted i strongly recommend following them on twitter which i'll link to in the notes i mean it's not it wouldn't be practical for me to say hey this game's free because it won't most likely won't be free by the time you listen to it and there's obviously no way for for me to predict what'll be free so i will link to their twitter i strongly recommend following on them on there they don't spam they post they post once a day to show their it's a it's a link on Lifehacker that shows all of their deals. They organize it by, you know, Android games, iOS apps, Windows apps, Mac apps, for the, you know, for the home software, that kind of thing. A lot of really good deals on there, sometimes up to, you know, half off or anything like that. Um, that's, so, so the main reason I wanted to mention this is because of the games for iOS and Android and Windows, but you owe it to yourself to check it out. There's no cost to use it, and you may just find an awesome deal. Obviously, you don't have to buy something every day or ever, but if you see something you've, been, you've had your eye on on there or something you've been in the market for, It'll be great to great to buy. So Deal Hacker every weekday. I'll post a link to Twitter, and you can follow them from there. Okay, we're getting a new update for the PS3, and hopefully this is one of the last updates we'll have to deal with before the PS4 launches. If you're like me, I know you probably are. Everyone hates those PS3 updates, system updates, because they take forever, and they always seem to pop up right when you come home from work and are excited to play. But the slightly ironic good news about this update is, along with the rest of the major changes, first, auto-download of system software updates has been expanded to support all PSN users. Because before this, if you had to have PS Plus to be eligible for this. You would... You would tell it, you would set a time, like say, you know, from 2 to 4 a.m. in the morning, turn on, check to see if there's an update, if there is, download it. That way you would spend less time doing that crap when you wanted to play. So that's really cool. So now, after you do this update, there's an option that I'll talk about in a second, where you can download all the updates for free. Or not for free, but automated. Secondly, and a similarly, auto-download support of purchases made on the Sony Entertainment Network store will be made available to all PSN users. So I, I assume this means if you... Buy a, buy a game and you don't download it, it'll download it for you. If you shut your system off, I guess when it turns on to check it for an update, it'll say, does he have any games? Oh, he bought this but didn't download it, let me download it for him. A nice touch, especially if you download a lot of games. A, a slightly weird one, a new option for the tr- for trophy privacy settings allows you to set what trophies are visible. I really don't understand this at all. I don't get why you'd want to really hide trophies from other people. Um, the only two things I can think of, one kind of being funny and one kind of not, one is if you play a bunch of crappy little kid games for trophies, and you find that embarrassing, I guess if you have a bunch of, like, My Little Pony or something, just to get easy platinum trophies, and you find that embarrassing. Or, one nice thing I could think of is, 
say you had a friend come over to your house one time, and he brought a game that you didn't have, like, what, it doesn't matter what the game is. If you don't have the game, he brought it over for you to check out, and you played it one time and didn't get any trophies. Now on your trophy list, you have a permanent 0% for that game. So I guess to remove that would be kind of cool, but other than that, this is kind of a useless update. Also, not super exciting, but now data can be transferred from the PS3 to the PS Vita using a Wi-Fi or an Ethernet connection. Um, so that's cool. I guess if cloud saving was a problem for you, you can use that. Or if you want to put some music on your Vita that you have on your PS3, that's cool too. Uh, quoted from Sony's site, I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but basically they said, with the auto-download features for system updates, you, you set a two-hour interval for your PS3 to turn on from standby mode and check for updates as well as content to be automatically downloaded. Uh, it says, for example, if your automatic update time is set for 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. and you purchase a game while you're away from your system, maybe at work or via your phone, at 9.30, the content you purchase will start downloading while you're away. So that's nice. Okay, now we're into something that's not news, but it is wild and hilarious, and I can't believe this. I'm This is one of the most stunning things I've seen slash reacted to since the Pizza Hut app, which of course you know how I felt about that. I have found the worst downloadable content DLC ever. Yes, it's even worse than the horse armor, okay? If you don't know what that is, a brief rundown. It was the first downloadable content available for the Xbox 360 game Oblivion. If you don't know what Oblivion is, you know, I'm sure you've heard of the game Skyrim. It was the game It was the game in the series before that. For this horse armor, upon its release, there was an uproar in the gaming community because it had a nearly useless feature set and a relatively high price tag. It cost $2.50, and all it did was it made a guy appear in the game that gave you armor for your horse. You put on it. didn't do anything. It didn't, like, make you stronger. It just... It was for cosmetic looks purely. And you had to pay gold for more horse armor. So since then, the term horse armor has been used to describe any video game features, usually DLC, that are useless or overpriced. So, what you might be asking is, I've found a DLC that's worse than the flagship member of crappy useless DLC? Yes. I think I have. And here it is. If you pre-order the game Sonic Lost World on Wii U from Amazon right now, you get 25 extra lives. I am not making this up. This game comes out at the end of October. I'll link to the Amazon page for proof. Why in the world would they do this? I'm slightly speechless, so let's take a minute here and read the, the official description on Amazon's page. They say, Pre-order Sonic Lost World and receive 25 extra lives, and they quote, Never have to worry again when taking those risky leaps and jumps with this bumper pack of extra lives. Alright, alright, I'm just gonna get... Wait, wait, okay, what? Never have to worry again? Okay, first of all, it's 25 lives, not an unlimited amount. Furthermore, isn't a platforming game all about taking those risky jumps to see what works and try to progress through a level? I mean, can you imagine Super Meat Boy, except the first time you die in a level, you're locked out of it forever and can never start again? No! I mean, part of the fun of the game, any platforming game or any video game, is knowing that it's insanely hard, and you're gonna have to restart 20 plus times to figure out what to do. I'm not saying it's wrong for a game to have a live system. In my case, I actually think they're usually better without lives, in most cases. Like, for example, in Banjo-Kazooie, you have lives. Banjo-Tooie, you don't. I prefer the way Banjo-Tooie does it. But there are exceptions, like Contra. If you didn't have lives there, it'd be stupid. But what in the world was the thought process here? Okay, see, when the DLC, like, horse armor comes out, it's lame. But you don't have to touch it if you don't want to. You don't have to spend the money. You don't have to get your horse decorated for no reason. But here, it's something that affects the core gameplay. And because this is a pre-order bonus, we can only assume that it'll be available in the future as paid DLC like everything else these days. That's great. You can pay for more lives. Real money should not be required to enhance your game. 
You might make the argument that, oh, well, in the arcade, you had to pay for extra lives, too, with quarters. But that's different, because you didn't buy the game for $50. Also, once you brought home the home version of the game, say if you bought Street Fighter on the Super Nintendo, which was an arcade game first, you didn't have to keep paying to play. Once you brought Street Fighter home for your Super Nintendo, or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles home on your Nintendo, you bought it, that was it. Now, of course, it didn't just walk through the game for you. If you got a game over, you got a game over, but that you don't have to pay to keep playing. Here's another question. How does this work? Do you normally start with three lives, but if, and if you lose them all, you get a game over, but if you have this pack, you start right off with 25 lives? I mean, what happens if you lose them all? Like, if you lose all 25 lives, do you respawn with just three lives? That's all your DLC got you? I don't... What about hardcore gamers who want it as hard as possible? I mean, what if someone pre-orders this game, or really wants to pre-order it because they're a hardcore Sonic fan? What if someone accidentally buys this, not knowing about the bonus, and gets all these lives? What if they don't want the game to be easy for them? It's so annoying. So for more info on why this matters, I'm going to read part of a comment on the Kotaku article that reported this DLC. This guy says, and quote, With horse armor, what you got for your money was an aesthetic bonus. A silly aesthetic bonus, yes, but not something that would ever affect the way you played the game. The idea of paying for something so silly made people angry because it seemed like such a trivial thing to pay for, but it was totally optional. Here, you're not paying for something trivial, you're paying for a core part of the game, the ability to try again once you've died. In any platformer, that's an integral part of the core design, like I just said. Some platformers choose to challenge you by testing you over and over again until you figure out how to pull off a tricky jump or spin move, which is fine. Others give you more rope and let you challenge yourself to beat each level with more speed or more completion or whatever. He continues, by offering extra lives as a pre-order bonus, and presumably later for real cash based on the DLC content line, Sega is damaging the integrity of that core design. Even if they didn't intentionally make this game more difficult in order to get you to put in more money, they've ruined the ecosystem of lives in this game, which immediately makes it less satisfying and less desirable to play. This might sound familiar because arcades used to do it all the time, and many arcade games were designed to be more challenging, like you put in more quarters. Many of today's free-to-play games follow similar philosophies. Side note, like Candy Crush, I could go on about why I can't stand that game, but I won't. And he finally says, Problem is, this isn't an arcade game. This is not free. This is a $50 console game. And Sega should be ashamed of themselves for putting this sort of disgusting pre-order bonus into what will now forever be a tainted game. I couldn't have said it better myself, even though I attempted to for five minutes leading up to that. Let's just quit now before I lose my mind. The point is, you should not have to pay money for lives in a game. The trend of this DLC stuff is making me sick. I mean, I just read a story, I forget what site it was on, about a guy that accidentally bought the Game of the Year edition of Dead Space, and it contained the ability to get fill up on your ammo whenever you wanted to. I mean, that's so cheap. It's a hard survival-type game, and this, this all this pack does is make it so you can get through the game easier. It's so stupid. Anyway, let's stop about that before I lose my head. Uh, continuing here, we have a few more things. Uh, a promotion that you'll definitely want to try. You can now enter to win a PS4 at Taco Bell. That's pretty cool. All you have to do is enter. All you have to do to enter is purchase a five-buck box from them and get the code on the box. And then you text that code to a certain short code number that will be on the box, and you can see right away if you've won. Uh, the promotion has begun and it'll run until November 10th. You can also send away a postcard to get a code, and at the end of October, there's going to be a way you can get a code online, but that's not quite available yet. So as I said, this goes until November 10th, and the site claims every 15 minutes a winner will be chosen. The winner will receive not only a PS4 system and the controller and all other stuff you get with that, but also a copy of the game Knack and a year-long subscription to PS Plus. So that's exciting. That's about a $500 value. You can only play once per day, so don't accidentally waste the code by texting in the number twice. And the other cool part about this promotion is that the main point of it, I guess, is that you get the stuff before it's released. They claim they'll get it around November 12th, which is three days before the official release of the PS4. 
Taco Bell does note, though, that if you're a winner near the end of this promotion, you might not actually get your system until after it releases, which is still cool, because it's a free PS4. Now, here's a little special tip from me. See why you listen to the show. I don't just report things. I give you the inside tips and tricks. So I read this online. It's a strategy on when to enter the competition for the best chance of winning for you and what the every 15 minutes with a little asterisk, as we always see, means. I'm quoting this from a thread that I found. This guy says, If you're like me, you're curious what, quote, a winner every 15 minutes really means for a contest that has you entering a code and immediately getting a win-loss response. The secret is in the official rules, and the rules say, Prizes will be made available at random times throughout the game period, with one prize randomly seated during each 15-minute interval of the game period. The first person to complete the gameplay at or after the randomly predetermined winning time, as determined by the administrator will be a potential winner of a prize. So in other words, what this means in English is, within each 15-minute period, a random time is chosen. The first person to enter a code after that time wins. In other other words, you're playing against other people. If you enter your code sometime around midday, when tons of other people are eating lunch or dinner or going to Taco Bell and entering their code, you have a lower chance of winning than early in the morning or late at night when fewer people are entering codes. Also, most Taco Bells close about 2 a.m. and open about 10 a.m. for your local time, so there will be very few new codes going out during those hours. Most of the entries that people are going to be sending in in the wee hours of the morning are from people who save their codes from earlier in the day. So based on these facts and taking the differences in from time zones, uh, the guys wagers that the best time to enter this promotion is between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, about halfway through each 15-minute period, around the 8, uh, the, you know, colon 8, sec- 8 minutes, 23 minute, 38 minute, 53 minute. So, you can take or leave that advice. Um, I'm not saying it'll make you win. It certainly, certainly won't. Uh, don't spend too much money on the contest, of course, after you spend more than a few... Uh, dollars on this on this make a few purchases you could have had you could have saved up for half of a game or a year of ps plus so if you choose to play good luck to you all right finally let's discuss this week's tech topic and that will be our last thing uh it's a pretty new program i discovered from one of my tech sites it's called cloud up uh, if you remember when i discussed dropbox i mentioned how you have a public folder that lets you share links for your files to other people uh, by copying and sharing things like that so if placing files in the Dropbox and copying links is a bit too cumbersome for you uh, maybe you share multiple files a day or you find dropbox not likely for some reason. Maybe you'll like CloudUp. What makes it so useful is that there's an icon that sits in your notification tray, which for Windows is the bottom right corner with your battery and stuff, and on a Mac is the top right with your name and the volume and all that. You can drag anything from your computer into that. Uh, seriously, you can drag an image or a file, a link from your from your file explorer right into the icon. Uh, it will turn blue, make a sound, let you know that the upload has started, and it will give you a, a link to share with your friends right away. That'll happen even if it's a video, and rendering the video will take a few moments. Uh, so you can share the link right with your friends. You don't have to wait forever for the link to generate while the video uploads. That's really nice. You throw the link up on your friend's page, and you're done. You can just tell them, you know, they have to wait for it. Uh, you can share anything. I said documents, images, videos, even URLs of web pages from the Internet. You can make sure only certain people see it by password protecting it or sharing it on Facebook, Twitter, or by email for your convenience so only certain people see it. Another big feature they push is the streams, which are basically collections of similar items. If you say you want to share your vacation photos from this year, you can put them all in one stream and just share that, and then people will see it instead of having a bunch of separate photos. So it's pretty easy. They're, they're focusing on simplicity. So CloudUp is completely free right now and lets you upload up to 1,000 items for absolutely nothing. That's almost 200 gigabytes of space. There's no setup or credit card required to join it, but right now it is invite-only, and if you're interested in joining, you need to enter your email on the site cloudup.com to get on a waiting list. But I do have news if you're interested. People who are members like me, I got a code from uh, another site, 
We have a few codes to give out to interested friends. I don't want to post a link in the notes because then anyone who clicks it will be able to join. I only have about six to give away. So let's do this. The first person to either text the show, again, at the number 203-903-ASTE, or if you leave a comment on this episode, I'll need your email somehow to send you the code. We'll receive a code to join CloudUp. So again, just text me, 203-903-ASTE, and I will give me your email, and I will be able to send you a code to join CloudUp. And if you don't want to do that, I will link to the site, cloudup.com, where you can sign up, because you can do that and get on the waiting list. I doubt it will be that long to wait. So that's the end of this. Um, I apologize for the real lack of a topic this week, but I think we had enough news and things to talk about that it was pretty fun anyway. So to close this out, we're going to end with one of my latest finds. Uh, It's a metal remix, which, of course, if you can't tell, I do love metal remixes of game music. I said the final battle theme from Banjo-Kazooie, and it came from the YouTube user ToxicXEternity, and he granted permission for another user to use it as an intro on a project he was working on in the comments, so I see that it's fair to use. So we went with that. Have a great week. (laughs) 